But the thing is, the way they describe them, they're like native legends about them, changes drastically from tribe to tribe. Like some will describe them as good as like gods, like watcher overs of the forest who like yeah. need to be respected and are like the father of basically everything. And then there's a total other side of the spectrum that says like they're savages and cannibals and will come and rape your women when uh, the men go out to hunt. Sick freaks, welcome back to the freaking podcast. And today we got Brett Thomas on the podcast. We're talking Bigfoot, talking a uh, bipedal hominid, the guy who lives in the woods. That you got to decide for yourself if he's real or not, boys and girls. This is this is a mystery, centuries old. And let me tell you, I'm 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 pretty convinced he's real after listening to this shit. Brett is uh, Babson grad. He's going back for his MBA, but He's done something that not a lot of people have done, and that's put hours and hours and hours and hours and even more hours into researching if Squatch, the Squatch is real. So we're going to hop in and uh, and chop that one up, but we just got to give a quick shout out to the people who make this shit possible. That is Hemp House Goodies. You can find them at hemp house goodies and if you're interested in trying some cbd or switching your cbd guys up let me tell you hemp house they kick ass man we we got some good shit out there um hemphousegoodies.com also i've i forgot to shout them out on the last couple podcasts but jim's deli man i'm i'm thinking about going there tomorrow getting some lunch because uh fuck today's thursday thursday's popeye day but every day is a good day at jim's deli you go you go in there Sunday, Thursday, Wednesday, you're going to get some good-ass food. So, before I ramble on, I'm about to bring you Brett Thomas. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Tuna, a.k.a. Boo Boo, a.k.a. Brett, a.k.a. Mr. Squatch himself. She was living in a single room with three other individuals. One of them was a male, and the other two, well, the other two were females. God only knows what they were up to in there. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. Alright. Yeah, maybe we get our temperature down. Yeah, we gotta get core body temperature lower. Hit the right the right temp. Get um some C B D weed. Roll something up. Dude, we're we're cruising right now. Um Joint papers. Only thing we forgot is the balance board. Do you bring it? Yes. Come on. Oh, we should do the balance board then. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Alright, so let's... Let's see if we get too many things going on. Gun. It's almost like we have ADD or something. Yeah. <laughs> what other shit can we hold in our you hands? What, what can we do at one time? Did I give you joint papers at any point during this? No. Oh, they're right here. Oh my god. Alright. Are we yeah, I think we just we just kind of make it. We're just we're always live, man. We're just into it. So as we roll up this joint, we set the stage, right? We set the stage. This is a uh, this is something a lot of people don't believe in. 
by the way. What were we about to talk about? CBD? No. Bigfoot, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> CBD, also a controversial subject. A lot of, I mean, that's what we do here. We just cover controversial subjects. We're like Fox News. You guys that vibe? <laughs> we don't want to release our political affiliations. No. We keep this very neutral. We do. Let's keep it cool. Let's keep it cool like this little background, this backdrop. Um, Unfortunately, this is weird. Yeah. So. Videos. Yeah. But people know. People so, wait, as a good podcast host, you're not supposed to cut me off no matter how long I delay in between my words. For all you guys listening, Brett is trying to come onto the production team, so he's he's also he's interviewing right now. So entertainment production, just any, all things jumpsuit group, I apply for, and at some point they never hire me. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the head of HR, and I just keep fielding his resume and keep throwing it in the recycle bin, which is good because you just keep you you're sustainable. You're at least you're sustainable in the jumpsuit group world. You're good. I just keep popping up every so often. Yeah, I remember when you guys were. Uh, in your Scotty Scotty Smith's basement. Yeah. And you had your whiteboards there too. And you had all your notes. Yep. We still have whiteboards and notes. You can see, look right there. We got uh, some songs. Those are all Christian and I songs over there. And then over here is blog topics I want to write about and people I want to go talk to. Yeah, it's actually a good. I'll start questioning you. Was that part? Was this like part of the Steel McNeil plan? When you grabbed Danny D and Scott Smith? Was to what start a business, plan? like you guys would all kind of be where you are now. Was this the plan? Fuck no. We didn't really have a plan. <laughs> Dude, you never have a plan. We just kind of, we go by the gut. You had a vision, though. You're kind of a vision, visionary type guy. The vision? I feel like you guys would at some point be like, yeah, we're going to buy a house. Kind of branch our feet into a bunch of different business things. Yeah. And go from there. The vision's all, all based around lifestyle. That's the way it's got to be. You got to be able to do what you want when you want because then you're most happy and then you're working on whatever you're working on in a good state of mind right and that that was kind of the vision was like keeping the whole like lifestyle keep it real relaxed don't make it too stressful and like too corporate and then go from there and as long as you keep that as like the underlying pillar everything else kind of falls into place which turns out to be like the house cbd stuff jumpsuit group all that other good shit would you guys ever try and take that out to like get some other employees out there and maybe start an office? Because I feel maybe. like a lot, of, a lot of other people would jump into that type of I know atmosphere. But dudes are, uh, it's hard to manage. You people. could hire girls too. Chicks, <laughs> chicks, girl, and it's 2019, dude. When I say a guy, it could be a girl. Dudes you know? and chicks, yeah, you know dudes are chicks, chicks are dudes. Like you don't know who you're sleeping with nowadays. It's actually the biggest platform I've had. I'm trying to start dapping up with girls. I feel like that the hug is so. 2015 yeah and you know dapping up with girls should probably be something that moves on but are you everything gonna comes out of this are you gonna like are you gonna cali dap or you just do this it what, or whatever gonna... i mean dapping up a boy is oftentimes awkward at points you never really know which one they're gonna go for so yeah that same situation is gonna transfer over but but then do you know if you're actually dapping up a girl or not because it's 2019 <laughs> yeah i don't care as long as they are nice to me and i'll be nice to them Cool. You're in trouble with the dab. I think that's, yeah. That's um, a good way to go. Yeah. but Age doesn't matter for dabbing either. No. no we, used to, <laughs> we used to work at a camp, and uh, you used to have to focus on side hugs because that was like a big thing. The side hug? Side hug was a big <laughs> thing over at Camp Trickery. That's what he said. If a kid wants a hug, you can't really say, give him a stiff arm to the face. 
Oh, you weren't allowed to hug kids. Well, they at some point the YMCA was like, this is getting kind of inappropriate. What? And their, I think, organizational philosophy that they sent out uh-huh. was side hugs. That's or maybe we just made it up. So it ex- could be one of the two. Explain to me how the fuck you side hug somebody. Well, it's usually a child, so their head's somewhere around your private parts. Oh. Male or female. Like, there's a lot of 12 year old boys just trying to stick their faces <laughs> no, in the boobs. This isn't just from my perspective. There's, uh, there's some sneaky boys out there. Yeah. Or are they boys? You boys, know. girls, yeah, I guess you're right. Boys, Come girls, whatever. Let's get back to like whatever you want to do. Whatever so, you're attracted to. So I you guys like. just basically like bump, bump butts? Or you bump their... I think it was more like a one-arm action. Oh, you go side. like this. Oh, you reach There's around. There's no camera again, so it's hard to really explain this. You put your... your <laughs> you kind of like you're putting your hand over their shoulder, more or less, right? I think that's a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right, anyways. We're here to talk about something pretty... Side-ups. Pretty sci-fi today. And also, something that I believe is fucking real. I don't care what people say. You might tell me differing after this. You're the expert on this, but we're here to talk about Bigfoot. We're also here to just talk about all sorts of other shit, but Bigfoot I, is the primary topic. Yeah, and I'm really excited to be here to do it, because it's yeah. eight months in the making. It is. Probably like seven years of research and this mm-hmm. is the largest platform I've ever had. This I've done two <laughs> two presentations, one in high school, one in college, and wrote a paper. But that's about that's that this is bigger. This is Steel Wool with Steel Material the podcast. This is the golden mic table. That's what we call the podcast. Not the golden mic table. Well I don't know what we we call it a lot of things. <laughs> we don't really have consistency. <laughs> so for all the people that are listening to this that don't know, Brett went to Babson. Still goes to Babson actually. He's like, um, what's the movie? Animal House? You just keep going back to school? I don't know Animal House. Oh, but yeah, oh, it's it. graduate school, so don't be too worried. It's not undergraduate okay. anymore. So, Brett, <laughs> what did you write? Your thesis paper on this shit? I had a Rhetoric 2 class that you could write about really any topic, and you had it would go throughout the entire year, and the end of the year was you had like a 20-page paper with a bunch of sources. I think it was like 20 sources. And we had a few presentations scattered throughout the year, but it was all on one topic. So you had to choose one topic and just roll with it. The professor was awesome, Professor Carrie Rourke. Ooh. Shout out to her. The way she set up her classroom every day was just like a circle, and we would just chat most of the time. Really? Yeah. And she would like kind of bring up a topic, and we would just go on about it. Kind of like um, popcorn. A little like bit. popcorn read, but popcorn to present. It wasn't a presentation, just like any conversation. She would just run her class mainly based off a conversation and at some point just let the students go. That's pretty damn good. No, it's cool. But she had this, her, yeah, what her main project for the year was this long paper and a few presentations. And I actually started doing it on motivation. It really is <laughs> as, as silly as that would be. But this was right when um, Pete Carroll came out with his new book. I forget where it was, but he had this whole thing on yeah, I mean, competition to win, and it was a big thing. And the Seahawks and what do you call it, the Legion of Boom, were pretty hot in the streets. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool, and I looked into it, and I started doing it, and it was just awful. And so I went, <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I didn't like it at all. So I went and sat sat down with her, and I was like, hey. This is dumb. I this was a bad choice. I tried to be like a good student and do this type of shit, but she was it. She was like, "Yeah, so do something else. Like, what have you studied?" 
before, that would be interesting. And then the first thing that popped in my head was just like, yeah, I did a presentation in high school on Bigfoot. I researched it for a long time. You would be concerned if you knew how much time I spent reading stupid Bigfoot blogs. No. And so she was like, yeah, do that. That'll keep this class interesting. And at that point, I really just dove into it for that semester, and I knew I had to create like an actual valid argument. So that's like where most of this stuff came from. So My one in high school was in astronomy class with Mr. Rideout, and at the end of the year, instead of doing some presentation on something with astronomy, I was like, yo, Rideout, can I do this? And he was like, sure. That's insane. So all this is like kind of like in school. And yeah. so the kids, I'm trying to look at the camera. Kids, you can study whatever you want. Your teachers are usually pretty cool. I had a baby. So you're trailblazing. That's what you did. Yeah. You, you and obviously that class was a blast because I had to do two presentations on Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And everyone else in the class was just, I don't know what they thought. But at some point, they just kind of bought in and was like, all right, we're going to roll with this. Let's get pretty weird. Yeah. So did you ever research Bigfoot? And how much did you like Bigfoot leading up to the, the first one in high school? A lot. Yeah? The, you were a Bigfoot the, guy? There was always the specials coming out on um, National Geographic Discovery Channel and stuff, and I would always watch those. But then I was also terrified of it. There's something about, like, apes and stuff that I was scared of. Do you remember yeah. when Joe the Ape escaped from the Franklin Park Zoo? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I was convinced that that thing was coming to get me. That thing's not meant to roam around <laughs> Boston. Imagine seeing that fucking thing. <laughs> Just riding around that golf course that Dude, was over there. I saw a video from India today. Troy showed me. It was, it was nighttime in India, and it was looking straight down a road, like a main road. And there was just a pack of, I think they were lions. And they were just roaming the streets of the city, whatever it was, Bangladesh or whatever it is in India. There was probably six of them just walking around. They had to be not uh, wild lions. No, they Lions were, don't live in it. Tigers then. <laughs> tigers. Tigers, whatever tigers they were. They were big fucking cats, man. <laughs> they are big ass cats. And they were just roaming. Like, imagine that. They would kill everybody. An ape would kill everybody yeah, too. Yeah, tigers are do that sometimes in India they just kind of attack people and actually eat them yeah I wouldn't be surprised I'd be way more scared to go to India than uh, Boston for sure <laughs> what part of India almost any part <laughs> really any part of India would be kind of scary yeah scary but India is also pretty uh, we don't need to go into India at all I don't know that's not that let's doesn't keep, let's zone it in point being point being <laughs> me and Steele have been talking about our ADD being a problem <laughs> you know being able to focus us in Yes, yeah, okay. so we got some tea to calm the chakras and bring everything back to center, right? Yeah. Or hype it up. There's caffeine in the tea. Um, a little bit. A little bit of juice. Either yeah, way, so you, you always like Bigfoot. You did the first paper. Then you wrote this paper. Where do we start? I don't know where to start with Bigfoot. I just want to ask him. He's fucking real, but we can't <laughs> We can't drop that seed yet. We can't. No, Um. We I think a good, with... the best I heard it explains to me to like kind of sets your brain in the right tone would be Les Strout, the Survivor Man guy, who did a little bit of a stint in the Bigfoot world. I don't know if he still does it or not. But he said, all right, instead of saying is Bigfoot real because that term is just stigmatized with whether it be TV shows like Harry and the Andersons or just your kind of thought of this monster in the wood, that, me just saying Bigfoot or Sasquatch, Saying is big for a Sasquatch or is real is never going to be. Your response right. would be like, yeah, of course not. It's just silly. But if I phrase it to you, Connor McNeil, who's pretty open-minded, if I had to say, do you think there's a possibility that a bipedal hominid or grade ape could still exist on the planet 
living in a way that has not allowed it to be detected or proved by mainstream science? Well, that's a little different question. That is. It's a little different question. And so that's like where we want to start. And that's what I did on the paper. Like, all right, this whole thought of Bigfoot is wrong. Let's look into what the archaeological evidence is, the anthropological evidence, zoological, biological, all those things, and see, all right, what could actually be true here? What could actually be going on? Because at some point, people are seeing these currently, or explaining seeing a bipedal hominid-like being all the time with similar characteristics. And they have been since kind of forever. Forever. So, like, yeah. That's so kind of, that's, that's, where we start. that's where you kind of start. So which one of those four categories do we dive into first? I like archaeological. All right, archaeological. Scientific. And then we can get into the weird stuff where they... All right. I like the consistent stories that people have about wild men is really interesting. Okay, let's Go start. On. All right, so archaeological, there's this... What would be called a great ape bipedal species that lived at least... 100,000 years ago, possibly like 30,000 years ago, called Gigantopithecus. Ooh. And this is proven by science. The gi- well, yes. Gigantopithecus. <laughs> Gigantopithecus is proven to have been a bipedal great, great ape. And the reason they know it was bipedal is because they actually found its jawbone. It was in a shaman shop in like, East, like the Himalayas in China or Nepal, up there. Okay. And they saw this massive jawbone, and the guy said, yeah, we found it in some cave. And so they went in there, found a few more bones, eventually pieced it together that this thing was very likely up to 12 feet tall. No. And given the shape of its jaw, they could tell that it was probably a bipedal creature, meaning it walked on two feet. Uh Uh-huh. So that's where, like, there's a backing in. It's like, all right, we know a creature like the thing that Bigfoot is described as did once exist on this earth. Wow. But so there's that one, which is a great ape. I'll let Connor absorb that. Yeah. But is that considered an ape, though? No, so that's what I was about to go into. That one is considered an ape, I assume, because they can eventually piece together how big its brain would be. Okay. And to assume it's not like a hominid. But then you go into the world of hominids, which humans now, this is like the only time in human history that we would have existed without another bipedal creature living on this earth. Like, think of Neanderthals. Think of there's a lot of other hominid species that existed on planet earth that weren't obviously as intelligent as us i'd assume or as nasty whatever you want to describe it we kind of pushed them off it somehow but those species were more like great apes and that means they were more robust they were stronger they were basically just savages but they were bipedal and kind of just roaming around the earth how much hair they had on their body what they looked like how tall they were varied in size but they know... I wish I could remember the name of one. Nah, it's not going to come to me. Sorry. But there's a name of one that's just like... It's in the foot. Like that. They say it was like, yeah, this thing is probably like 9 to 12 feet and just jacked. And two feet kind of shaped like us, but arms a little bit longer. Yep. And could swing from tree to tree like a chimpanzee. And if you find its bones are so much more dense than ours. Like we have weak little brittle hollow bones. And if you look at a chimpanzee, they're like these guys' bones. They're so much thicker and denser. So these things were just mooses roaming around the woods. So these were just big, but they looked like humans, sort of. Well, that's the thing. They don't, they don't know. know what their faces look like because all you have is bones. Gotcha. And at that point, it turns into speculation. Like, look at dinosaurs. We have, since what we were five, seen like seven different phases of what they think dinosaurs look like, and they yep. really have no fucking idea. Yeah, I guess the outer shell is just... 
It could be anything. Yeah. It could be scales. It like, be you scales. can make a good estimate on it, but then you really don't know. Right. It's really just the imprint on a fossil is probably their best judgment as to, like, what yeah, the texture is. Yeah, that's where was. I don't... That's where it gets too confusing to me. Really? Because I don't know how they piece together all these things. Like, even going back to Gigantopithecus, I don't understand how... They can find like fingers and jaws and be like, all right, this thing walked on two legs. Right. This thing was so and so feet tall. Probably had an arm span of like 15 feet. Dang, a 15 foot. That well, that's what I would assume. Like if it's a 12 foot tall thing. Yep. That can swing. That looks like an orangutan or like just something like that. Yeah. Do whatever it wants, I assume. Dang. Yeah. Think about that. Living out in the wilderness, you just roam across this giant hominid. That still happens to people, they say. What? They run to Bigfoot. They run to say Bigfoot. That. My thing about the whole Bigfoot thing is when someone runs into Bigfoot, they never have an iPhone. They have a fucking flip phone. Yeah. You know, they have a Motorola, like, or a, a whatever, a Razor. They have a Motorola Razor, and they take this grainy video. I think that's a very valid argument. Right? But I would come back with you and say, how often do you catch other wildlife on your phone? Yeah. I don't think it's an argument. I'm not saying that's the reason why it's not real. I'm just saying, who the fuck doesn't have an iPhone? The lack of video and photographic evidence is certainly a problem. And I think you can definitely say, like, why the heck hasn't that come out more often? But there is the Patterson-Gimlin film. What's that? That's the most famous one where the person, like, turns. Or the person or Bigfoot turns. Yep. And everybody says that that was me in the suit. But if you talk to the guy, they still say it was real. I mean, I would, if you saw that, you would go to your grave saying that was real. For sure. You know it had, like, real boobs, right? And some guy named, I forget his name. I should have done more background research. See, all this happened, like, five years ago. I've been off the game, off the big grid. No, off the Bigfoot research. I feel like when you're on the grid, you probably don't do as much Bigfoot research, but the off the grid people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the ones doing the shit. Those are the ones you watch out for. (laughs) Those are the ones that are really can fall into the rabbit hole that is the Bigfoot world on the internet. So you were saying, I think a theory why that there's not great footage of Bigfoot, you said that that jaw was found in like the Himalayas or something, right? Mm -hmm. And that's closer to parts unknown, for lack of a better term, or like geographical area. Russia, fucking mountains, places where one, technology hasn't really advanced to, slash there aren't as many people, Slash, the people who try to go there might just not make it out. And then from what would be a Sasquatch perspective, I always say, is like if it's an, actually an intelligent hominid or great ape out there, its number one survival instinct is going to be you do not go near humans at all costs. Yeah. Like what's the only thing endangering them at this point is running into what is probably typically a hunter out there mm-hmm. in the deep wilderness like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Wild. Dafina actually went to, what is it, Washington? There's like the spot that Bigfoot's known for in the United States. There's a town that's like famous for Oh, it. yeah, what's yeah. it called? It's like near Spokane. There's shit. Spokane, Washington. Is that what it, there's another, yeah, there's some other ones too. Yeah, but I don't know. So they, found, they find this jaw, they piece it together, and then they have their, they have their like, their Bigfoot, but it's not necessarily Bigfoot it's just a version of Bigfoot so right? yeah what you would say is that this is a creature similar to what people are describing now mm-hmm. where okay so that is it possible that we still have something like this existing on earth maybe yeah and then we can get into the biological evidence if you want like why 
not just like, okay, people say they see this thing and it's consistent. They've actually found some like imprints and footprints that follow patterns of like your dermal ridges. So, you know, your fingers, how you have, um, what, yeah, your fingerprints and such Mm -hmm. and how that's like, obviously something that's very human and natural and you would not see that on like a wood plank that they find on the ground. So that's the type of thing they found in footprints. And they've seen consistencies on footprints that they found. So you know Bigfoot, the whole name, the footprints they found? Yeah. They found consistencies when you take plaster castings of them in the dermal ridges across essentially the entire United States. Really? Yeah, so they did a study where this guy named uh, Jeff Meldrum, he's a primatologist, but he's really into the way locomotion and like how creatures move. And he similar to me, fell into the Bigfoot rabbit hole. <laughs> and, like he's like, and he's like the only PhD out there that like had the ball, like one of the few, like a few guys that do it most of the time. Any like primatologists or anything like that researches Bigfoot, they're just exiled from the whole right. academic world. It's like, dude, this dude's a kook. <laughs> like, you know, like what are you doing? And even if there's, and he'll say like, yeah, other scientists have said like, hey, there might be a possibility here, but I'm not putting my neck out there. Like, yo. Yeah. That's my salary. That's my livelihood at some point. And this guy was just like, no, I'm going to go with the signs. And he went with it. And And he went with it. And so he's had people study not just the dermal ridges, like I'm saying, but like consistencies in this mid-tarsal break that he sees, which is the structure, the bone structure of a foot. So our foot, a human foot, is just kind of one straight plank. There's a lot of bones in it, but at some point... Metatarsals, right? The meta... I don't fucking know. But at one point, it's just one bone. Yeah. What you'll find in other great apes like chimpanzees and gorillas and orangutans, which are great apes. Orangutans are cool. You yeah. should do a podcast on orangutans. I'm down. Yo, Brett's book suggestion. Read The Search of the Red Ape by uh, Jack McKinnon or something. He's an apprentice to Jane Goodall. He just goes to Borneo and Sumatra and researches. Done. It was like in the 1970s. It's fucking sick. But back to your foot. Your foot (laughs) is flat. Abe's foots are cracked in the middle. They have like a joint like you would have in your wrist. So they can move and it's like gives you a little more explosion so they can kind of grab onto the thing. Yeah. Onto trees and shit because they climb. He's found consistencies in the feet footprints they find that show this mid-tarsal break. The foot bend. So like the foot bend you could find it and someone that says they find a good footprint in the forest and take a good cast with it, he can look at it and say, all right, this one that they found in northern Maine is very similar to the stuff they found in Vancouver, also to something, let's say, they find in North Carolina or whatever it may be. No way. And how old are these? Do you know? Well, they vary from time to time, I assume. Uh, We're good. Oh, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) We're totally good. Little feedback never hurt nobody. Yeah. What'd you say? How old are these? Are the oh, yeah, they span from like 30 years at some point. I assume 50 years now. 50 years back. Yeah. But that that's it. They're not like fossils from... No, like, because this is like the actual plaster f- footprints that people... F- oh, that did I not make that clear? This isn't the foot bones they find. This is the footprints that people find in the mud in the ground. Oh, my God. And so that's where you can see the fingerprints, and that's where you can see the bone structure a little bit. For the scientists that study it, like me and you, if we looked at it, we wouldn't fucking... Right. We wouldn't know anything, but... And that's documented. Yeah. No way. See, yeah. that's something I never knew. Yeah, like that's... that's legit, like, the... this guy, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, has really just kind of committed his life to this. 
Good for him. Shout out to Dr. Jeff Meltzer. <laughs> take him on for the team, huh? I forget the name. I have his book. That one, too, if you guys want to read that. Fuck. So they found these foot breaks in, if they happened in, like you said, Canada, or like Vancouver, Calgary, North Carolina, there's no shot that they're an ape because there's not monkeys here. But that's where, it, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, Connor, good point. I know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to piece this together. Yeah, yeah, so it's very likely that it is a real natural being that is consistent with other beings that are on this planet, but we just say that right. it doesn't exist. But let me say that this is common for humans to kind of mainstream science to take a step back to what either the native people say or just what a person that lives there says. So this has happened with great pandas in uh, China. It happened with the mountain gorilla. And most recently, like 2010, they found a new form of chimpanzee called the bongo ape or bogo ape. Really? Yeah, and it lives in some deep area of the Congo, I believe. And it's just like a six foot tall chimpanzee that the natives knew about it. They're like, yeah, don't go over on that side of the river because there's this clan of chimpanzees that will kill lions. No. Yeah. And no yeah, way. And then, like, <laughs> so, like, at some point, some white guy essentially goes, I'll go over the river. Of course. And I'm going to go over the river and see what's over there because these guys don't know what they're talking about. And then they go over there and they go, yeah, they, were, they, they had some real. Holy shit. And there's videos of the bongo ape online. And that's 2010. I think so. Around, even if it's uh, 2000 and on. It's some, yeah, there. it's sometime recently. If you're discovering a six foot tall creature in 2000. But it's on, like another form of chimpanzee, but it's just not like yeah. you would assume scientists would know about it, but no. Right. It's like the lowland gorilla, mountain gorilla type deal. Yeah. But this is a different type of chimpanzee that they know. Fuck. Yeah, right? All right. So, so this is legit. Like, it's to say that we're arrogant when we understand all the species that exist on this earth would be yeah. an understatement. Absolutely. We don't, we don't know dick. We don't know, Dick. And what about uh, what about cave drawings? We're on we're on, oh, we're on anthropological, right? <laughs> anthropological. This is yeah. where I love it. <laughs> Somewhere in Northern California, there is drawings of what would seem like a wild man, Bigfoot type being on like the walls. I forget the name of this town that it's in, but it definitely is Native American. Like, what would you call it? Script petroglyphs. Hieroglyphics is like actual language. This is just drawings okay. on the wall. But they have like pictures of a wolf, an eagle, and then there's just this big one that's like huge. It's like on a big rock wall. It's just kind of a red, almost like tiki type guy with big arms and wide. Really? And then there's other ones too, but that's probably mm-hmm. the best one. It's the most famous one. That's the one that people know of. Because those, those things... The hieroglyphs or pictograms, or whatever you want to call them on the side of the <laughs> Infographics. Infographics. Those things are, are legit because those tell stories. That's how people, before there was written language, that's how people told stories back in the day. That's how we know a lot of stuff about ancient civilization and like what happened in war and things like that from prehistoric civilizations. Similar to what we do now. We write down kind of what we see. Yeah. Now we just have video cameras, right? Yeah. And what's interesting, yeah, I guess, yeah, I've been... Don't bring up video cameras during the Bigfoot chat. There's just no good video of it. We're just going to leave that on the table. Like, no, don't let anyone think about that at all. That's a good question. Because there's so many, like, bloggers and bloggers out there. Like, at some point, something good should come out. And a lot of good things do come out, but it's always grainy and weird. Right. But do you really want something to come out? Or do you, like, kind of like the mystery of it? Like, JFK. You know? (laughs) JFK. 
Not not. We observed this today. Not a victory party. Actually, there's a little fun fact. You can try and do the whole JFK uh, inaugural. I, I can't, can't do any of it. No, nah, you should try to. It's a good inaugural dress. I'll my, give it a my, shot. my teacher used to be able to do it, and he like challenged all of us to learn it. You got and it. He was from Australia. No, I can do like the first line at some point. I'm gonna blow it. So you can't, I don't want to mess with JFK. He did a good job. No, he did. He did a great <laughs> job. But the mystery behind his assassination is something that is like it's ingrained in American culture forever now. I don't think we're ever gonna get the answer, and it's kind of cool. Or or they but, know about it. I mean, we someone <laughs> knows the fucking answer. Obviously, it's probably that he got the mob killed him and the government got put on by the mob or some shit. I don't know. Hold on. I was talking about this with Troy today, man. Have you ever been to Dallas? It's cool. You can go in the, the Texas Book Reposito- Repository and, like, go up to the window where Lee Harvey Oswald supposedly shot him. And then you, there's, like, a tour around there, and you, like, you go to the wall, and it tells you the whole story of JFK until the day he died. And then you can walk the street where the motorcade went down, and you can go on the grassy knoll, and you just go through this flashback, and then you're standing there for hours just trying to piece together your own theory. <laughs> and you're like, no, but if, if I was over here and you were over there, you just drive down, you couldn't hit him. You couldn't hit him. And you just get lost in the black hole. Oh. And it makes it such a great... That's kind of fucked up. Because you just like detect... Everybody just shows up and is detective for where this guy died. Yep. Every single person that this you know. great American man. Yeah. That grew up somewhere around here, right? Yeah, he's... Uh, the Kennedys are Massachusetts claim. Yeah, Hyannis, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, do you really want to know about Bigfoot? Do you really want to know what happened to JFK? I'd, li- I'd like to say yeah, but then what happens after that? I don't know. That's the question. It's like, what happens if you find out about aliens? When aliens become real, what is there, like, can anyone control anybody anymore because there's a fucking alien coming? There's just some answers you might not want. I mean, if I feel like if we have an actual, like, intergalactic war with another alien species, it would really bring humanity together. I, I can get down with that. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's like a little yeah, what glass hat full attitude. For, for sure. <laughs> for when aliens come and take over. We'd have to band together. Yo, like we'd probably band together. Like Kim Jong-un would just be like, yeah, America, I'm, it's okay. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yo, my bad. Yeah, send Dennis Rodman back over and he'll, he'll pick me up. <laughs> I bet the aliens want anything to do with this shithole of a place that I've cultivated for a while. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, stupid. Again, let's not get into India and North Korea were not valid sources on that. I don't know anything about that. No, I mean, I just know I'm not going there. It was really the video that came out of the soldier that tried to run away at the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. Was kind of crazy. I didn't see that. You didn't? So it was a soldier that essentially just tried to run across at one point and he just booked it. And he got shot a few times by the North Korean guys on the other side, but then South Korea pulled him over. And I guess he had, like, fucking worms and tons of shit wrong with him. No way. Yeah. What is going on over there? What the fuck no is going really on? That's knows. probably where Bigfoot exists. Definitely in, in Definitely in Russia. I hate that you're saying it like that, Bigfoot. It's a species of hominids that could po- or great apes that could possibly exist. Would you say, I bet lions live there, or I bet the lion lives there? <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet that I bet the species lives there, bro. <laughs> I bet Squatch Squatch Eye. That'd be cool if it was like geese squeech. Yeah. Squatch. So Squatch is the proper way to address. Squatch is Squatch. I'm not sure. Squaw? Squaw. I'm definitely not the one to sign up to create a good name for him. You're the foremost expert right now. <laughs> Nobody listening to this knows more than you about this. 
So you, whatever you say is that's law. I wonder if there's any other topic that you could say that about. Probably not. Ooh. I don't really know much else. You might know a lot about uh, water in Puerto Rico, right? Didn't you? You study a lot of water. So. <laughs> I did drink water in Puerto tap water in Puerto Rico. Not the best. Not so the, the best. So the, the squaw, Sasquatch species. Where do we leave off on? We left off on cave drawings. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because that gets into the anthropological aspect, which is probably the most interesting in my mind is how just about all just starting with Native Americans never mind just about every other indigenous population let's say the aboriginals in Australia whoever you want to say lived up in Russia when they're in a wild great wild forest there's always stories talk to the black dot oh there's sides to microphones. I don't know. That's what I was told. So there's a black dot on it. There's always stories <laughs> <laughs> about Sasquatch Eye or wild men type deal. And when there's that much consistency, that was kind of probably the first thing that really grabbed me was like, whoa. Like this isn't just weird people in the in the woods saying mm-hmm. like, hey, I saw a Squatch. It's like you have over 200 names for a wild man in the woods from like Native American languages. Right. And with that was like, whoa. But the thing is, the way they describe them, they're like Native legends about them, changes drastically from tribe to tribe. Like some will describe them as good as like gods, like watcher overs of the forest who like really? need to be respected and are like the father of basically everything. And then there's the total other side of the spectrum that says like they're savages and cannibals and will come and rape your women when uh, the men go out to hunt. There's both sides. It's insane. And so those, and then like everywhere in between. Really? That's crazy. And there's these names from different, is this like North American tribes or these tribes? Mostly North American. Mostly North, North American tribes. I'd say North American is kind of where I know the most about just because that's where the most information is no from. No way. Yeah, that I thought was really cool too. Names, man. If there's two... Over 200 different names for it. There's got to be something. I mean, it's a pattern. And patterns are usually something that's yeah. True, and right? if and if you like really don't trust Native Americans, um, what's his name? What was the Vikings guy? The not not like the football Vikings, yeah, the Minnesota like, Vikings, <laughs> the actual Viking that came across. At, it wasn't like Great Alexander. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The Vikings came across and described a very similar creature as well when they went to Newfoundland. Like those first voyages. So they were just super, super bipedal hominids. Tons Roman. of them. Tons of them. Tons of them. And what do you think? They, they must have just not been as developed mentally. They were probably somewhere between us and the ape. Well, I think it's kind of like how people describe dolphins these days. Like, all right, how smart are these things? We don't really know because in their environment, they're just about perfect. Right. So like we, I don't know how you would describe a Sasquatch, but if they do exist you'd imagine that they're pretty fucking good yeah in the force and like the way they're described is like fast as lightning just like yo, really? they can get out of like just bound up a hill no problem like that type of deal then you're on to something because then how is anyone gonna ever come across and this? especially when they know the force better than you they know when you're coming in and anytime someone sees one my thought is the sasquatch would think like oh that was bad 
Right. Like, Whoa, that was a close one. Like yeah. if we see a grizzly bear and come close to it, or like a shark comes close, it's like, oh, jeez. Right. That was stupid. I shouldn't have been there. Straight up. Straight up. That's interesting. A lot of, a lot of facts that I'm just trying to process. Well, yeah. I didn't know. But I didn't know about the cave drawings. I didn't know about the the imprints from 50 years ago. And I think it all starts with the stigma, like you would not imagine that Bigfoot has all this actual information. Right. Until you dive into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole that is Bigfoot. But there's a lot of junk in that rabbit hole. Oh, my God. So what was some of the worst shit you found that you're like, what was some of the stuff you found that that turned you off? Like, because you probably found some clowns that were going out. Like, the whole finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but we used to get together on Sunday nights and watch it. And I would just be like, oh, these guys are assholes. Like, they were part, what is it, the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization. <laughs> Legit. And this guy named Matt Moneymaker would go out and just yell out in the woods hoping for, like, responses at night with the big camera crew. And at some point, it's like, yo, you think you're going to actually, like, get something to happen here? <laughs> like, that was, like, their tactics. And they would, like, go and talk to people that saw things. And, like, they'd have a, they would do the same thing every time. They'd have a town hall meeting. They'd show up, and everyone would be like, yeah, I saw it in my backyard rummaging through the trash. Or, like, hey, I was hunting. I saw this. And then they'd go to, like, three different houses and interview a person. No. That's so stupid. The people, there's such a unique niche of like adventure adventure shows or like jobs or whatever that no one's in so when you you get a guy who's like i'm gonna go find bigfoot and pitch it to national geographic no one's ever fucking done that before so this guy sucks dick at it he still gets the gig like the same guy who does uh okay i'd argue that it's that guy like these people probably do go out on excursions and like go out into the woods for weeks on end and just kind of Maybe make a little noise, but just kind of go to hot spots. Yeah. But then once the TV production crew comes in, everything goes to shit. Right. Because at some point you have to make a TV show that fits into this 15-minute or 45-minute time block. Mm-hmm. And at some point, when you're going out looking for something in the middle of the woods, like you need to just go. You <laughs> just like you need like that's why the Survivor Man guy came in and did it. He was like, "Hey, I feel like these TV shows are doing it wrong. Right? Guys, go out into the woods." Trying to find him. Yeah, like, let's see what I can find. He didn't find him either, though. I don't remember what happened with his show. Yeah. The same, you ever seen uh, Whale Wars? <laughs> no. No, you never. <laughs> no, I know what it is, but no, I've never seen it. Talk about a guy who just, like, was like, fuck it, I'm getting a boat. He's like, I'm, going, <laughs> he's like, I'm getting a boat, we're going to go fight the Japanese over the water. It Wait, is, was he, like, a conservationist? He originally? had no he, Like, he had no. The, the shit that they do, you're like, dude, just. I love where your head's at. I love where your heart's at. But hire someone who knows this shit better than you. Hire like five ex Navy SEALs who actually know how to navigate the water and know how to approach a boat versus you who go in and try to get these Japanese guys to stop fishing whales and like cutting up sharks and stuff. And you just look like a clown. But it's super entertaining. And nowadays, he's actually getting good at it, which is kind of funny. I've seen what? some clips of So, him. like, you've seen the progression of this guy oh, get yeah. better at stopping Japanese. <laughs> he's getting good at it. I got to give him props. What are some of his techniques? What does he do? They go and they'll, like, throw... I think they throw stink bombs onto boats that, like, spoil meat and things like that. They, uh, they'll they go and they'll... But doesn't of... that defeat the purpose? Because now they're just creating a need for more supply. I don't know. That's what I was saying. Like, there's not a lot of... That's just kind of like what he did. 
and they would like go and like try to get up close to the boat and like stop the boat from going and basically his whole goal was if they're battling him they're not fishing right so that was i mean it's ambitious but it doesn't seem to stop anything at the source which is japanese people eat shark fins and like still kill whales it's a problem. And, and it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's, and they just say, yeah, it's our culture. It's what we do. Yeah. But they put it on blast on Discovery Channel, which is good. Have of. you ever seen the cove with dolphins? No. Oh my God. It's the worst thing ever. No. It's just, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, we don't really need sad. to talk about it. But essentially it's the same thing, but they herd them into this cove and just fucking chop their fins off. And... I saw that. That's how they used to catch the. Uh, and Blackfish, the Netflix one, they show how they caught all of the whales for yeah. SeaWorld and stuff. Same I thing. watching it. Yeah. Messed Ooh. up. Another whale documentary. Dude, Marine Mammal's the best. Another Marine Mammal documentary is The Whale. It's have you ever seen? Yeah, have you yeah. ever seen that one? First off, narrated by Ryan Reynolds. What's if up? anything's What's gonna up? get you to watch it, it's him. I guess he's Canadian, so it makes sense. But it's up in Vancouver, like somewhere in British Columbia. I don't, I don't really know exactly. And it was this lost baby orca whale that was in this like logging village and eventually it just started fucking around with the logging boats because it was just so lonely and they needed like social interaction really and soon enough every boat that went out there it would like come and mess around and like swim around it and say what's up say hello and like turn outside and look at all these people and soon enough a conservation group came in and said this is wrong you have to stay 100 feet away from this whale because it's going to get hurt. It's going to get killed by a propeller because it's just getting too close to humans. And so, like, they tried, but eventually the whale would just swim close to you. Like, you can't control where a whale goes. And it was dying for social interaction, so it could tell, like, like, look at the people on the boat and be like, what's up? And, like, ask for pets and shit. And once that happened and they couldn't stop it, they eventually wanted to capture it. And bring it somewhere else because they thought like maybe they could connect it with this pod. Yeah. It would just kind of join in. So did they ever get it out? That's where it gets funny. The day they oh. tr- the day they <laughs> tried to get it out, there was this Native American um, tribe there too that heard about this whale. And I guess this whale started to reappear right when one of their leaders died. So they felt a really strong connection to this whale that was living in this cove in their area right where right like at the time when one of their leaders died and they believed it was him resurfacing like reincarnating himself so they come out with this fucking big old native american canoe and like (laughs) and have like the tambourines and drums on the front and when they're trying to get the thing in the net just like in blackfish like they're trying to catch it in the exact same way the people just show up and the whale goes swimming after them and there's just this whole game of like cat and mouse as like they're, they're trying to get this whale into the thing <laughs> and eventually the conservation group is just like fuck this like we can't do it and the Indians roll away like or just like jacked up and they get away and uh, a few months later the whale got killed by a no, <laughs> oh, no. you can't make this shit up it didn't it did oh sorry guys oh, that's what no. happens and Ryan Reynolds breaks the news to you in a great way. Not okay. as not as like I mean, funny as I just did, but in like a pretty good way. You guys know it dies, so but still watch the movie. It's adorable. It's adorable. It'll give your thoughts on uh orcas like a whole new level. Yeah. Because I mean, you just see this one that's stranded and alone 
dying for some sort of connection. Right. I mean, and it would like push the logs and shit because it's a logging community. They push the logs in the water, and like they had this boat that was like a tugboat, and the the whale was just like behind the tugboat pushing logs. What? It's an insane thing. That's amazing. Whales, whales have a. From what I learned, whales have like a the curved skull, like dolphins do too, and I forget what part of the brain it is, but when it's curved. It allows for the part of the brain, like the emotional quotient part of the brain that embraces like love, family, interaction, um, or whatever. Like that part grows bigger, or like whales have a, like a part of the brain that we don't have, or their part of the brain that has all this stuff is bigger. So that like they need social interaction. They have so much more up there in that one part, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And then the way they communicate with each other could be just as complex as what we do. Yeah. I heard this guy who's like kind of a, I forget if he talks about psychedelics or whatever, but he talks about something crazy. And his theory is that by like 2050, there's going to be a dolphin on the board of the UN, which would be fucking crazy. Siri, shut up. Shut your mouth. What word did you say that sounded like that? I don't know. Psychedelics. Probably. Theory? Maybe. Theory. Could be theory. Theory. Yeah, that would be interesting aboard the UN. Right. Wait, that's cool. I heard in a, um, an NPR TED Radio Hour the other day that with natural language recognition software and, like, let's say machine learning and, and AI algorithms, it's possible that they can just eventually figure out what dolphins are trying to communicate. I love that. Like, And so as that goes on and as that progresses i don't understand any of the details of that they think in like five to ten years we could have the possibility to understand a lot of the things that dolphins are trying to communicate that's i mean think about what they are they are essentially the the buddhist monks of the ocean which is what how much is the ocean like 80 percent of the planet like they know the ocean they know what's under there they they're so peaceful they're so caring and all they've done for millions of years is think Right? They just float around and they probably meditate and they think and they glide and they do all this stuff and they have this perspective that if we could get the perspective of the Buddha of the underwater, imagine that though. The Buddha of the underwater is like a good way to describe it. Yeah. Because they are. They're, it's like the monks who live in peace and they don't ever really have qualms and I'm sure dolphins do, but they don't start wars and pollute the planet. They definitely fuck around with each other. You know, young dolphins that are single, like two males, like two strapping young men like us. Yeah. They'd go out on their own and go try and hunt down females. The hunt. Yeah, like, no. Yeah. Not the, hunt. the hunt was a bad way to describe yeah. that, but, like, they'll go off on their own and, like, in small groups of males, like, very similar to us, and just try and go find women. Really? Yeah. Dolphins, because they have sex for fun. Oh, one of the yeah. few species that have sex for fun. Which is pretty And nice. they get high, too. The puffer fish thing. You ever seen that? Yeah. I mean, come on. I don't, I'm down. pretty sure if we have this uh, machine learning technology, the Dolphins podcast in like 20 years, yeah. it'd be so much better than ours. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> just run. Holy shit. Just a bunch of cheeps and chirps. Imagine but what event. they've seen, though. <laughs> they've probably seen a Bigfoot. I mean, a Sasquatch. Sorry. Trying to get hit with the lingo. <laughs> Wild man. What are some of the other ones? Yowie is what it's called in Australia. Yemen and China. 
That's about as far as I can get. Huh? The Orang Pendak is supposedly a miniature one that's found in Sumatra. Really? Yeah. So just think of like the minute midget version. Like a of, mini giraffe? Oh, not midget. A little person version of Bigfoot. No way. Yeah. So they say it's like three foot tall and just jacked and stout. Wow. Not, that's not just like a, some sort of monkey? No, because it's running around on two feet. Oh. And like these people, I'd assume there's, I don't know. Yeah. The monkey population in Sumatra. I don't know. I don't even know what Sumatra is. Let alone <laughs> Yo, Sumatra in Indonesia, fucking huge island. Okay. So let's let's reel back into the four pillars. The four pillars. What were they, Connor? I don't remember. I remember archaeological, <laughs> anthropolo- anthropological, zoological. All right. So what's what is zoological and biological? Zoological is like the behaviors that they find consistent behaviors they'd find in species, and that's where like the howls, the wood knocking. Some of the interactions with Native Americans that they describe is pretty consistent. The cannibalistic one is kind of interesting, where they'd say they'd come and take kids and eat them. Fuck that. Like, simple as that. Like, they'd come and snag a kid. And they don't have... And how far back does this? do these go? Do you know dates? I don't expect you to, but... Well, I don't know Native Americans, but, like, they don't, I don't think they really follow the timeline. Right. So at some point, it just becomes a native legend, and mm-hmm. it just goes on. There's definitely some stories of the early settlers here. Those are kind of interesting, but it's just kind of, I don't remember of anything specific. Huh. Wild. So even as, what was that, 1620? Yeah. That's 500 years ago, 400 years ago. Wow, that date's coming up. Yeah, soon. It's a big day. Columbus Day. Yeah, you'd think, right? Columbus Day coming up. Indigenous Peoples Day, actually. We're, we're progressive on yeah. the steel wool progress. Yeah, we should be. I, <laughs> I don't support the people who took down the Indians and took down the Native Americans, man. If I could do it again, I would just support. I would support the bipedal hominids. Dude, yo, right? At yeah. some point, like that was a cool species here. But I think they, the, dude, the Sasquatch realized like these these white folks are nothing to mess with and fucking crazy. <laughs> and booted into the hills like yeah, yeah we'll pass on these guys right, we're going up to Canada eh? hey hey it is it's cold but that's okay we maybe we'll some, get some t-shirts we have some fur bipedal hominid t-shirts oh yeah cool bipedal hominid <laughs> species potential bipedal hominid potential. species I still have I'm still not sure I've never seen one yeah I, I mean there's some but the patterns dam- there's some damning evidence that's for sure right but that's what, dude, patterns is the craziest thing. Because in, in almost anything, whether it's like business or machine learning or sports, pattern recognition is kind of everything. Yeah. And that's where, again, that's kind of where I fall into. Like, that's where I kind of got convinced was one, reading the Native American ones and just read, listening about people that still see them today, which the patterns are very consistent. It's a hunter, hiker, someone out in the woods. Yeah. Typically, you end up going quietly. You turn around a corner, and this thing's just standing there, and either it locks eyes with you and just goes, zoom, and like kind of walks away, snarls a little bit, just kind of walks away. Or there's like the campground at night where they're getting rocks thrown at them, they're hearing howling, they're hearing wood knocks on the side of the trees, like all that type of business. Really? Yeah. Those. That's a sign. It throws well, rocks. No. I, yeah, I guess that's what people say. Like, they'll, they'll have their cabin just get... Bom- There's a story of, like, a cabin's getting bombarded with rocks. Really? Yeah. You don't think that's humans, though? 
could be, but if you're out in the middle of nowhere. True. There's no <laughs> like, yo, like, you guys, no one really does that, especially with the way people usually handle those situations in the sticks. Yeah. They just take out a rifle and... True. And then people don't really fuck with each other. Mm-hmm. At least I imagine. I don't live out there. No. But I think that's how it rolls. <laughs> Let's make it very clear. I yeah. am from suburban Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I traveled to New Hampshire and Maine to ski on occasion. But I have not done much research on my own. Although, the primary research is going to start because Jimmy, I guess, works with a guy, New Hampshire hiker Dave. Yeah. In, or New Hampshire hiker Bigfoot Dave or something like that. And he has a YouTube channel, I guess. No way. Dude, we're going to try and get up there and get going with him. Absolutely. Yeah. So it seems like, Connor, you're in too now. I'm in. I'm, dude, I'm so <laughs> That down. would be an incredible podcast if we got Bigfoot Hiker Dave on this. Oh, yeah. Let's break, get him on. We'll get both of you guys on. <laughs> I've never met him, but... I'm sure. We'll get Jimmy on here, too. Jimmy's a fucking character. <laughs> nah, keep Jimmy out there. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy can be the production guy. He can be young Jamie. Oh, young Jamie. We do need a young Jamie we to do get out all these pictures. All right, how much time are we in at? We, we got plenty of time. I think we need to We need to go into... Are we going to biological yet? Yeah, because we talked about like the bones and feet. We've almost done everything. I mean, DNA evidence they tried to get into. I don't know where they went the past like five years or so, but it never really went anywhere. Okay. From, so, yeah, you can ask your question, but from what they usually find, it's either just human DNA. It's and, tough. Like, at some point, you find a hair in the woods, you don't know what it is. Right. Right. So that's the next step, I'd imagine. And that's where, like, they're making a real push towards, but it seems like nothing has came of it. All right, so here's this. I'm going to pose this question to you. There, <coughs> maybe you know more about this, but supposedly there's no true biological connection between humans and apes in terms of evolution. Like, that, you know the picture? Are we bringing out the intervention theory here, Connor? We might be. <laughs> but do you think that that... Do you think that the, the bipedal hominid, the potential of that, is the connection? Or do you think that it's a completely different species? Or do you, th- you think, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know no. the classic picture of it's the monkey and then it's slowly standing up oh, as yeah. it's walking and then it turns into a human? Yeah. Supposedly that's not real now. They're, okay, so that is real. But what they're saying, well, you finish what you're saying. I was just going to say, if that's not real, where does this thing that may or may not exist fit into that? And so what are they saying when they say it's not real? They're not exactly sure when, like, what happened to, oh, get, yeah. to get it from... So yeah, that's what I was saying, the intervention theory, that because that timeline that we used to get for the evolution thing, which evolution is still real, everyone. Yeah. Let's get that out I there. <laughs> but like, so that pattern of evolution, you get to this thing where they said the missing link. And yep. so that actually like was one of the other reasons I got in this ask question was like the human origin question was always interesting. Right. right? Like I was, I went to St. Zephyr's church in Wales, but that was a load of crap. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no offense, father Ron. It's okay. Huh? No, but yeah, so they go all the way through, and then what they say is like, all right, they, these hominids that we were just talking about, Neanderthals, are like, what they say were like the last things that weren't human are too drastically different from what we are now right. for that to be a consistent pattern. So that's the intervention theory, that something must have happened. Like, what happened, no one really knows, but it doesn't quite make sense that we uh, just naturally evolved. Fuck. 
So that's where like Bigfoot and stuff kind of does make sense as well because it's like, all right, if we didn't naturally evolve, well, something might have. And right. so that's what this, I, that's like kind of my thought on like this is naturally evolved here and then mm-hmm. humans are just this alien species that doesn't make sense. Perfectly alien. So if we'll end on two questions here. First one is, if you were going to go and try to find Bigfoot... No, better question. Will you ever go and try to find Bigfoot on a serious expedition? No. No. I think at some point I like going into the woods and like camping and stuff. And we could go into like spots where they say it existed, but I don't think I'd ever go with like the hope of finding Sasquatch. You wouldn't take a three-month trout through Canada and just walk? I mean, I would love to do that. But I don't know. Okay. If it's in the cards. Next question. It wouldn't, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to live in the woods for three months. All right, fair enough. That's kind of spooky. Where would you go if you were going to look? Where would be your first place or two that you'd start? <laughs> so a few places. i say British Columbia, that type of area. Mm-hmm. Southern Alaska. There's so much space up there. That's probably your best shot. And, like, the forest is so intense. But then again, you say best shot. There's so much forest up there. Mm-hmm. You could walk. Well, you could do that three-month trek and not see a black bear or a brown bear. So at some point, like, let's even say we know there's so many black bears in Maine and New Hampshire. How often do you actually see one? Yeah. Very rarely. till they come to you. Exactly. Which is what Sasquatch doesn't do. Which we'd assume from the theories we built tonight, Mm -hmm. if it's an intelligent being, it likely would avoid humans at all costs. Unless for some reason it's hungry and wants to fuck with people. Like territorial things, like it seems like that's what the rock throwing and stuff is. Yep. Humans are territorial too. We'd assume that they're pretty territorial. Yeah. Territorial. Last question. Oh boy. What do you believe? What do I think? Yeah, after all this, the foremost expert, should someone keep up hope? <laughs> I I don't know. I think at some point they're probably struggling. Like just given all the type of ecological change that goes on in the past 100 years or so, it can't be affecting them very positively. No. But if they're living in the woods, that part of the world doesn't change as much. Yeah, you'd think so. And even so, you'd it, hope that like they still have plenty full of food to get and gather. But if it's that big of a creature that needs that much food, true. It's it needs a lot to sustain itself. Although, if you live in a good niche, live for you'd assume chimpanzees can live for fifty plus years. You'd assume these creatures live for fifty plus years. Right. You can figure out some good tactics and where the food shows up. For sure. So if everything isn't just fucking changing on them yeah, as drastically as it possibly could be, I'd say they're fine. And what about... What so about yes, the, I think Bigfoot yes? still is somewhere out there. Or, let's not say, I don't think Bigfoot exists. I think there's a very likely possibility that a hominid or grade eight that's bipedal still exists on this earth. Okay. Somewhere. Somewhere very likely... Not in our backyard, but like in the deep forest, they could still pop around. Lemonster, Lemonster, they've had some reports. That was the closest I've ever seen in Boston. Lemonster, Mass. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Dude, you ever been out like past Worcester? True. 
Like, or even just, like, get past, what's the far, like, what are we saying? Even Maynard. I drove from Wayland to Maynard, and it's the boonies up here, yeah, dude. Yeah, it is the <laughs> It is. But I guess Lemonster, I bet you, does the, the mountains eventually could probably, like, trail off well, into that like, point Well, it's like, yeah, that state. strip of land up in the middle of Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a nice little path for the, uh, the squash to take. <laughs> I heard the guy from that TV show say one time that they, he thinks they follow power lines to travel. Really? Yeah, and that was another reason why I thought the show was a little silly. Yeah. How the fuck are they going to know that? They've never even seen it. <laughs> no, they definitely see I don't know if they've seen power lines, but like to say, like, oh, that's their source of travel? I don't get it. What about the, the polar bear theory? What's that? I, I heard that uh, what people think when people see a squatch up in, like, polar bear territory, it's a, a polar bear with a disease. And this disease polar bear, is, I think it's like, turns brown and... Stands up. You never I think, heard that. I think that is very valid. That's what uh, I feel like I heard that on Joe Rogan. And that would, yeah, I, I think I've heard because he was into it for a while too. Yeah. I have a theory on Joe Rogan that he's just the most confident guy in the room, or like the guy that's not confident but like says things that is so sure of himself that we, it's like kind of the group mentality or like group think like oh this guy is saying things with a, a surety to him yeah. to it so he must know what he's talking about when i'm like i don't know what he's saying all the time you got to believe his guests when his guests come on and say stuff that's where you get your information he's just very good at he's, he guides it so well yeah he navigates the plane down to safety i don't know steel i think you do a better job oh, dude, i appreciate I'm that i'm gonna put my heart out there and say steel can do a better job Let's than go. joe rogan and think, hopefully this Bigfoot podcast can launch it to the top. And anything I can do to help. It's got to, man. This might be the most viewed one yet. And like I said at the beginning, I'd love to be part of Jumpsuit Group, but maybe they'll hire me. Hey, send your application they'll, in. They'll you probably know. hire you guys first. Send your application in. Literally anyone that applies before me would probably get something to work with a Hemp yeah. House or Jumpsuit Group or I don't know what other, the seven other things that Steel McNeil has his tentacles dangled into at this point. Yeah, I mean... You got a shot, kid. Hey, know what I bought today? What'd you get? I bought for twenty nine seventy five, the short price, Magic Seaweed Pro. No, you didn't. <laughs> Magic no, Seaweed didn't. Pro subscription. Oh. Anyone that listens to it can use it. My email is bthomas1 at bathson.edu. <laughs> the password is hang loose, capital H. Ooh. I think I spelled it right. H-A-N-G-L-O-O-S-E. Yeah, that's right. Is it uh, 30 bucks a month? No, oh, the whole total. year. Magic Seaweed's a bunch of con artists. Dude, I hate these bastards. It's a 14-day free trial, so I'm going to see if this one's better. But they give you all of the like the possible models that they have now. Oh. So know how they would just give you one model, probably the most optimistic model. Yeah. And therefore, anytime you went to actually see the waves, it was like, all right, you lying sack of shit. You lost like three feet right <laughs> like, off the Like, yo, top. like you just didn't get me to click here for the best, yeah. like fucking... Seven days, but now, so like, should we talk about Magic Seaweed? Yeah, what? <laughs> what are you, now when you now when you go in there and you click on like a certain time, it lists out twenty different models that it could possibly be. Really? Yeah, and it doesn't go as deep into each and how they get the information, which I'm trying to figure out a little more about. But I vary the. Like, how much does it vary? From? It's a decent amount. Really? Like, from nothing, like, too much, I'd say probably, like, four or five feet. Like, for, like, Sunday morning, when it says it's probably going to be the best, 
at York, it went from everything from like five to seven to two to four. Really? Yeah. You know what my theory is on this? I think you're gonna miss the excitement. I think you're gonna you're just gonna want that one little reading and be like, oh fuck, I, I want to go back and check because having these options, it's like, what are you what are you gonna do with all these? Then you never know what's what. No, but then you can follow the different swell directions, different wind patterns, and figure out all right, what's the best spot to actually go to today. But what? But that day you're gonna get the real prediction. It's when you look at it five days in the future, it's saying six to eight feet, and then on Saturday and then Friday shows up and it's like four to five. All right, but you know I'm never be that sad. Like at that point, the only time I can really be sad is when like I go, you go and there's just nothing. Yeah, that's true. Jimmy, I did that on Saturday or Sunday morning. We got there at like sunrise. It was forty degrees. There's no waves. No. <laughs> the hot beach. Jimmy didn't uh, even have a wetsuit. We were screwed no matter what. Dude. So we roamed around the hot, a beautiful area. Yeah. Kind of a cool little peninsula, but northeastern. They're trying to expand out into like the outermost part. Of Nahant? Yeah. Really? And there's signs all over town saying, like, preserve Nahant. And there's this big, like, northeastern sign with the wolf there. And it has, like, a little shorebird in its mouth bleeding. No. <laughs> those signs are, like, all over Nahant right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nahant's a really interesting place. Like, it's very culty. I went yeah. When we surfed there, I talked to some guy from Nahant, and he was, like, you could tell the way he talked about it. It was his little, like, it was his thing. No, you don't, I love it. You don't talk about it unless you love it. I, I talked to a guy on the beach because we were just like roaming around, and he uh, ended up saying that there was, a fir at first, it was like a high tide island. And so at high tide, the water came in, and you couldn't even get out there. And so eventually, people started just putting their sheep and cows out there so they couldn't fuck around and go anywhere. And it just turned into a community eventually. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So they just trapped all the cattle? Out there. Livestock? Because at low tide, you walk them out there. High tide. It's like, peace, boys. <laughs> <laughs> or girls. Peace, boys and girls. You yeah. guys are fine here. See you later. And that's how Nahant was born, huh? That's how Nahant was born. Actually, it's not. This guy also said that if you looked at the... Yeah, I talked to him for a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> the geological... <laughs> the rocks there on Nahant... Supposedly, same rocks as you'll find in Western Africa. So it's like the last little piece that's split off of Pangaea and the continental drift. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool, Mike. And, he was like, and his name was Mike. And he had hernia surgery not too long ago. So you're all about I think that. it was pretty drugged up, if you'd like. Yeah. Just, and he was like stretching on a staircase, like on the <laughs> beach. I was, just, I was like, yo, what's up? And, and we got into all of this in like five minutes. Wow. <laughs> Those are the guys you get the best information from. Like I said, if you meet someone from the haunt, he's going to be all about it. Yeah, he was all about the haunt. Man. Fucking talk about another topic we should dive into. In another time. Pangea. Another time. It seems like it's time to go. Oh, Pangea. Pangea. I don't want to talk about that now. But Is that more. the name of the one in Avatar, or is that actually the name of the when the continents were all together? I think it was Pangea. I think it was, too. I do, too. Like, What was the name of the one from Avatar? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, someone's probably yelling at the, the podcast. Yes. Saying, Guys, you should know this. We can't hear you. Nah, we don't follow pop culture. I like Avatar. <laughs> nah, I liked it. Yeah. Don't float the mainstream, Steel. That's what I read one time. Don't float uh, the mainstream. Don't float the mainstream. I think that's kind of what you do. Let's leave it at that. Maybe you, uh, that could be the name of the podcast. 
We got, I mean, we're on to taking new names almost every episode. <laughs> we'll change it up, dude. The side stream. The side stream. Side hug. Side hug for the mainstream. No, we didn't talk about side hugs. What's yeah. it called? The tributary? Tributary? Tributary. The tributary with yeah. Steel. Steel McNeil. Golden. It's golden not the Mike. main. It's not the main river. It's certainly off <laughs> to the side. Golden Mike tributary between two, between two corn plants. All right. All right, dog. Godspeed. Good stuff. Godspeed. That was a lot of fun. That was ridiculous. You What's your code? Wait, hold on. I'm gonna let this do. Nine minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Just talking.